This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. That never gets old when your sister introduces you as the pastor. All right. Uh, really quickly before we get into our scripture in Isaiah 40, really quickly, this week we'll be working at the new building Wednesday through Saturday, 9.30 till about 4.30 or so. So if you can join us, we've got a big week ahead of us. We've got to finish some big items, knocking down some more walls and stuff and get that ready for the contractor so we can move on and pass it on to the contractor. So things are moving forward. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, for uh, sowing into this. We're super excited about what God is doing. Howard, we'll give a shout-out to Howard in the back here. He's been such a blessing. Man, hard worker, amazing. All right, Heavenly Father, we open our hearts today. Speak to us. Uh, let your word fall into good ground and bring forth much fruit. We thank you for what we feel in this house. We thank you for your body, the body of Christ, the church. We thank you for the victorious church. And we thank you, Lord, for this nation. I pray that you continue to strengthen this nation, pour out your spirit upon this nation. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. All right, really quickly, Isaiah 40 and verse 3. And I'm going to kind of uh, piggyback on last week a little bit. And last week we talked about prayer. I hope that helps somebody kind of get a perspective about prayer, why we pray, how it matters. And today I want to talk about hearing God's voice, hearing God's voice. And it says this, uh, listen, listen, you got to start with listening. It's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God, fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places. This sounds more like a diet. Um, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Say that with me. The Lord has spoken. Amen. All right, we're going to talk about hearing God's voice. And I know when we talk about hearing God's voice and we get into the subject of, of being a voice hearer, everyone's like, oh, those weird people, the thus saith the Lord people, the I hear from God people, right? And, and there's this kind of weird, you know, idea about God speaking. And, and I want to just share right at the onset, we believe here at the Promise Center that God speaks, we, we just really believe that. We believe like through the scripture, like God spoke, he speaks, and he will continue to speak. In fact, at the back of the book, the back of the Bible it says this, let he that hath an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Like, we got to listen up. And so God is speaking. So not only does God speak, but he wants to speak. He wants to be your GPS. He wants to be your gospel positioning system. He wants to guide your life. He wants to instruct your life. He wants to have a relationship with you, and a relationship involves communication. And I'm afraid sometimes that we do most of our praying talking and not enough of our praying listening. Would anybody give me an amen or a second that motion? Uh, right? So, so we do a lot of talking. We do a lot of maybe begging. We got our list. We share it. I don't know if you've ever been like at a table with somebody who just is talking and they're just, it's like one run-on sentence after another. And you're like, Let, can I talk please? You know, and, and, and I think God feels like that sometimes. Like there's not a lot of like, like give and take in the conversation. We come in and, and we, we, okay, we got our list and we're going to say what we got to say. And it almost becomes awkward if we stop praying. You know, we got to keep talking or we're not praying anymore. So you just keep talking. 
keep on talking, keep on talking. You just keep talking and talking and talking. When you're done talking, you can't think of anything else to do, then you're done praying. But there's a novel concept, a big idea that may be part of prayer is listening. Maybe part of our relationship with the Lord is listening. And I know there's people here, you, you, you guys are amazing prayer warriors, and I appreciate that. I know there's some people who, when they pray, they even go to their, their other voice. You know, we have a talking voice, and then we have our praying voice. And I've heard people who have, you know, their, 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 their normal talking voices like this, and when they start to pray, it's thus saith the Lord. It's a lot of vows and the old King James. And then some people are like, they, they talk like this normally, but when they pray, oh, praise the Lord, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we all have our, our way of praying, but there's just one way to listen. And that's to open our ears. Amen. I wonder if God does the same thing. You know, he has his uh, James Earl Jones voice when he talks to us. He's like, my people, please stop doing that. That's not good. And he's like, did you hear what I said to them down there? You know what I mean? All the angels. Maybe not. Maybe that doesn't work. But, but uh, we do that with God. And it's very simple. God wants to talk back. And I want you just to kind of embrace this big idea that God wants to speak to me. Will you embrace that for the next few minutes, that maybe God really wants to talk back, not in the bad way, but talk to you, talk with you. And I want to say this, that if you will allow God to speak into your life, like really begin to speak, it will change your life forever. It will change the trajectory of your life forever. When God speaks, God's word changes everything Around. In fact, there was a guy named Moses, and Moses lived 120 years, and his life is basically divided into three parts, 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. The first 40 years, he was just trying to be anybody. He was sometimes an Egyptian, sometimes a Hebrew. Then the next 40 years, he was out in the wilderness. He was a nobody. But then when he had an encounter with God and God spoke into his world, he became a somebody in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so this one event, this burning bush experience where God calls out, it all started with him. The Bible says he turned in to look and see what was happening. Something was going on. Something was rumbling. And he said, I'm going to turn in and just investigate. And by that step, that was the step that got God's attention. God says, this is the man I can use. And I want to, I want to tell somebody here today, today may be your turning the corner and turning in to investigate. And God speaks into your life and changes the truth trajectory of your life forever. Turn to see. This is what the scripture says. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call to me and I'll answer you uh, and tell you great and hidden things you have not known. Here's the thing about not knowing. You don't know what you don't know. I would drop the mic, but I'd get in trouble. I almost did. All right, caught it. Dropped it and caught it. You don't know what you don't know. All right? I heard a story uh, about a guy who was fishing, and he was catching, like two guys fishing. One guy's just catching everything. I think Travis can appreciate this because I don't like fishing, but he does. And, and the guy's just throwing out lures. They're using, I think, live worms. And so he's throwing out, and, and, and the guy says, what are you doing? It's just, it's working out. Whatever I'm doing is not working. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, what did you say? He said, I don't get it. He goes, he said, you got to keep the bait warm. Yeah, that was disgusting. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right, (laughs) Matthew 7 and 24, erase that from the record. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. We need to listen. We need to listen. God, he said this through Christ, he said, 
My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. I'm going to give you two things that are very important. Very important. You can write these on the back of your bulletin or your worship guide. You can write them on the back there. Two things. Number one, God is going to speak so you can understand. He's not going to speak a different language. You're not going to have to somehow, you know, it's not Morse code. It's not going to be through hieroglyphics. He's going to speak so you know it. He's going to speak so you understand. I'll give you an example. Acts chapter 15, excuse me, Acts chapter 10. Peter is at this pivotal point. He's the apostle Peter now. He's like, he's like, he's like the guy, you know, people come to him. He's like, he's like the, the leader of the church. He's the apostle. It's, it's amazing what God's done in Peter. He's turned him from, from this, this guy that just makes all the mistakes to like a, a great leader. But God is trying to shift his paradigm. And so God's like, I've got to get him from thinking Hebrew and Jew to thinking Gentile. And so he's on the rooftop just thinking about God and praying. And God comes with a vision. And guess what God uses to give Peter this paradigm shift? He uses a net. Well, why would God use a net? He used a fishing net because Peter was a fisherman, and he understood fishing nets. And so he sees this huge net full of crawl dad, shrimp. Can I get an amen? Anybody hungry? Hallelujah. A little etouffee. I don't know how etouffee would be in there, but some fondue with the, the bay shrimp. I'm telling you, it was all there. And, and Peter's like, I can't eat this. I've never eaten this stuff. And, and the Lord says, don't say something's unclean that I have said is clean. And so he has to have a paradigm shift, but God speaks to him through a means by which he understands fishing and nets. And so God's going to do the same thing with you. I remember my wife and I were traveling. We traveled for a couple years and minister. We were at church and I'll never forget there was this lady praying and she was like at the, at the altar after church just praying and talking to God and, and, and I'll never forget like the Lord shows me her walking with two little kids. One was a boy, one was a girl. And I see her walking and, and literally bringing them to Jesus. So I walk over to her and I said do you have two kids? And she goes I do have two kids. I said, awesome. Is one a boy and one a girl? And she's like, one's a boy and one's a girl. I'm like, awesome. This is working. Hallelujah. And I said, are they little kids? And she goes, no, they're grown up. And I go, oh, God, why, why did you show me two little kids? And the Lord said, because I wanted you to understand they were her children. The Lord speaks to us in ways for us to understand. If I saw two adults next to her, I wouldn't have known what, was, what I was seeing. But God speaks to us, so we seek understanding. Lord, what does this mean? And the Lord is going to speak to us in a way that we can understand. That's number one. Number two, God has many ways he speaks. God spoke through audible voices. God spoke through uh, community. He spoke through people. He spoke through uh, images, visions, dreams. He spoke in many, many ways. He spoke through circumstances. He even speaks through the Holy Spirit. He speaks through impressions in our hearts. He speaks through confirmations, etc., etc. But the one thing we know is, is that God speaks in many ways. Watch this. Job 33 and 14 says, For God speaks in one way and in two and thou, man, dost not perceive it. Like God's going to, like if he can't get you with the phone, he's going to fax you. And if he can't get you with a fax, you know what he's going to do? He's going to send a smoke signal. All right? This is what we have to do with Grandma Jean. Grandma Jean's here in the third row. And when we can't get a hold of Grandma Jean, first we start with the home phone. Then we go to her flip phone. Now that's upgraded to an iPhone, like an iPhone 2, if they, those still exist. Okay, you got to kind of wind it up. It's an iPhone 3. I am sorry, Grandma. And we, then, we, then we call her. Then we text her. 
then we fax her, then we do smoke signals, then we call Scott and Shirley, and then we call Myra across the street. There's a whole process of how to get a hold of Grandma. And then we just talk to the Lord. Where is she? She's in the garden. Okay. All right. <laughs> but God has meant, he starts with one way, he starts with another way. God is going to get your attention. He's not going to just stop one way. He's going to keep talking, keep talking. He's going to keep reaching. This is what he says in Job uh, 33. God speaks one way and another way. He wants you to get it. He wants you to get it. So God, he speaks in many different ways, and he's going to speak in a way that helps you understand. So one of the things that's important when we talk about hearing from God is knowing that this is God. How do I discern this is God and this is me? Because there's some thoughts I've had. I'm like, was that God or was that me? You know, was that the pizza I ate at midnight because the fast was over? Microwaved it too long. It was like cardboard. But, hey, I don't care. It's going down the pipe anyways. Is that, was it from the pizza that I had dreams about goblins? What was this, Lord? What's the goblin dreams about? Where is this coming from? And so we got to, like, know, like, where, like, how, is, is this God? Is this me? Is somebody playing tricks on me? You know, I remember in Bible college, um, we had a, 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 a prayer, we had two prayer rooms. I think it was very wise. They had a men's prayer room and a ladies' prayer room or boys' prayer room and girls' prayer room. And, and so you prayed separately. I think that was a very good idea. But there was a little window into the prayer room. And I was walking by one time, and there was a friend of mine who was praying, God, what do you want in my life? And so I said through the window, you shall be a missionary in Vanuatu. He's a missionary today in Vanuatu, 15 years. No, I'm just kidding, not really. <laughs> but you have to discern, like you gotta, like you got to know how to know that this is God. Because there's, all, there's many ideas. I mean, can you imagine like being, like this is the disciple Peter, Simon Peter, and like one moment Jesus is like, who do men say that I am? He's like, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus is like, that's not a you idea, that's a God idea. Awesome. And the next thing that Jesus says is, hey, I got to go be crucified. And, and Peter's like, don't go do that. We're not going to let that happen. And, and Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. That wasn't a you idea. That was a devil idea. So you can have a good idea from heaven and then turn around and have a bad idea from the devil. How do you know where your idea came from? How do you know where that voice came from? And again, I'm not trying to uh, complicate things. I'm just trying to keep, give you some tools so as you're living life and God's given you impressions and speaking, speaking through people, through his word, that you know how to, how to filter and you know how to test the words that are coming into your heart. So here we go. 1 John chapter 4 and 1, it reads like this. Dearly loved friends... Don't always believe everything you hear just because someone says it is a message from God. Test it first to see if it really is, for there are many false teachers around. So God gives you permission to test, okay? Put it to the test and make sure it works. Make sure it's right. Watch this. I'm going to give you five tests to make sure that what you're feeling is from God. Number one, does it contradict the Bible? Does it contradict the Bible? If you come to me and say, hey, I feel like God wants me to kill my spouse. I'm going to say, look, we get it, but that's not the will of God. And then they go to Judges chapter 9 and says, but the lady put the boulder, knocked the boulder down off of, uh, of the tower and, and killed the bad guy. And so, so don't even try to twist the scriptures. Okay? It's very clear. That's not 
God's will. I know some people, they, you know, trying to find God's will, and it's like, you know, they're, they're walking through the house, and they're not sure whether to, you know, whatever, and, and all of a sudden they step on a Lego, and they're like, ow, oh, a Lego. I got to let it go. <laughs> all right, you know, <laughs> so there's filters for it. Maybe God is speaking to you through the Lego, but make sure it doesn't contradict the scripture. God's will does not contradict his word. God's will does not contradict his word. Number two, does it make, more, does it make me more like Christ? Does this make me more like Jesus? Does it make me more like him? Does it glorify him? Amen. This is a, this is a big question, and James chapter 3 and 14 is a great filter for this. It's the motive behind it. It's, the, it's a filter of what is this going to produce in me. It says this in verse 14, James 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, and humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and it can even be demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. So if it's coming, if, if it's going to glorify you and it's going to benefit you, okay, usually whenever the Lord speaks to me, I'm like, really? Like, really? They're going to put me out there like that? Like, very rarely is the Lord like, hey, I'm going to, I want to speak to you because this is going to make you look really, really good. This is usually about making God look really, really good and you being a tool in his hand. And so we got to look at the motive. Does this glorify me or does this glorify Christ? Then it says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first all pure, peace-loving, considerate. It considers, because some people say, I've heard from God, and they're very inconsiderate because they just want to be like bulldozers, and, and it's, it's submissive, full of mercy. Every intent of God's word is always going to be full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. And those words go together. They're actually kind of like two words that are connected. It's basically they don't manipulate. It's not a manipulation. We're not, we're not using God's word to manipulate and get our way. When we start trying to force our will into situations, we start borderlining on witchcraft. That's kind of what witchcraft is, trying to control other people's wills. Even God doesn't do that. Even God doesn't do that. So number two, does it make me more like Christ? Number three, does it require faith? Does it require faith? Now I'm going to tell you this. This is the thing about God. God is definitely more like a dude than a gal when it comes to how he communicates. Because gals love to give lots of detail. God seems to leave a lot of details out. Have you noticed this? I'm like, God, can you just fill in some of these blanks? He's like, no, one word. He tells Abraham, leave your home. What? Where do I go? That way. Okay? Like, if that was a woman, no offense, and I think God made women a certain way for a reason and men a certain way, that was a woman would be like, hey, look, you're going to be on a, on a journey, and there's some flowers over here. You're going to turn right, and there's this beautiful stream. Take a little siesta there. Get some photos with the kids. You're going to be going down this, and then there's this place called Promised Land. We're going to change the name of that soon to something else, and it would be like lots of details. I feel like I need to stay here a while because I think that this is helping somebody. Honey, what's for dinner? You'll never believe I went to the grocery store. I ran it. What's for dinner again? Okay, so 
And guys, we're just kind of like, like, hey, just give it, just give it to me straight. Just give me the basic information that my brain can handle. Potatoes, chicken, and green beans. Now I'll sit down. We're very simple creatures, okay? And God just communicates very simply. He sometimes like it's there's not a lot of detail and it frustrates you. But here's the deal: if it doesn't challenge you, it's not gonna change you. What doesn't challenge you is not going to change you. And God will give you direction, and he will speak into your life because God wants to build faith. He wants to stretch your faith. He wants you to step out because if you're going to have a, this is an amazing moment, you're first going to have to have a, this is a crazy moment. Every this is an amazing moment comes after this is crazy. We want the details, and that's not always how God does it. So he's challenging challenging. Number four, does it bear witness? Is there a witness to this? You've heard it. Has anybody else heard it? You've had this dream, but has anybody else had this dream? Is there, are there, is there counsel around you? Is there a small group, you know, in your group, are people going, yeah, that feels right? You know, the, the inner witness, the inner knowing, your, your heart of hearts going, that feels right, that seems right. There's a witness. You have counsel around you, a witness of confirmations, a witness of things happening that go, this has to be God. Can I tell you that if, if God is doing something, you usually have to only just obey, and he usually does most of the work. If it's a lot of toil and work to get it done, usually it's coming out of your own will to drive and make it happen. But if it's from the Lord, 99% of the time, God's going to part that sea. You're going to face the Red Sea and go, Okay, what do we do now? God's like, I uh, just need you to raise your arm. Okay, what does that mean? All right, we're walking through. And that's what God does. He makes it work. And you go, this is working too easy. This is happening too easy. And so that's another way that we can test and bear witness. For instance, about two years ago, we had a guest speaker come, and in our third service, in our 12 o'clock service, there was a prophecy that went out. God literally spoke, and it was about a new building, and we were like, a new building? Who cares? We're not looking for a building. We'll have 15 services in this building. And, 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 and I was like, all right, well, thank you very much. Done. Well, Grandma Jean, who wasn't in that service, a couple months later goes, God spoke to me and said, we're going to get a new building pretty soon. It's like, okay, cool, high five, awesome, thank you. We'll just do more services, whatever God wants to do. Well, we had a pa- I have a pastor friend who pastors up in Windsor. Had him over for Heidi's famous chili. He and his wife are there. Great, amazing miracles happen when you eat chili, especially my wife's chili. And we're sitting there around the table, and the Lord moves in the room, turns into a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden he begins to prophesy, and he goes, God is about to move you, God is about to shift you, and God is about to give you a new building. We're like, <laughs> Two and a half months later, God places this building in our hands. God puts all the pieces together. It was effortless. We, we look for reasons not to do it. We look for excuses. I mean, I don't want to, I mean, honestly, I know what it requires, not just of the church, but of me. My wife and I are the biggest donators of of the project and the capital campaign. We knew what it took. We know the sweat and tears and fight. We're like, okay, God, we'll do it. And all of a sudden, God goes, let's open it up. And it opened up, and God did the the work and the miracle. And that's how we can bear witness, multiple bearing witness that this is from God. Number five. And this is very simple. Does it come to pass? Is it, does, it, does it come true? Does it happen? 
if it, if it happens, then we can go, that was from God. Time is a great tester. And so when you feel rushed to do something, sometimes it's not the right thing. I feel, I got to do it now, got to do it now, got to buy it now, got to get the car now, got to get the, the timeshare now. If we don't do it now, tomorrow's going to be 15 times more expensive. I got to do it now. And we don't make good decisions in the now. We test it with time. You know, the, the 88 reasons that Jesus is coming back in 1988. Is that right? What, did that happen? No. Okay. Do, do people want mistakes? Thank God this is not the Old Testament. Okay? You get stoned. But in the New Testament, there's a lot of grace. Thank God for grace because we've all missed it once or twice. Hallelujah. Amen. But the bottom line is, is that time is the tester. My wife and I, we traveled, you know, we were, we were, I, some people call it evangelizing. I call it vandalizing. We were vandalizing, traveling around in a little car, brandly, like brand new, like married, and in like eight, nine months married, and we're just living life, and like, woohoo, God is good, got married. Marriage is tough, especially when you're in a car together all the time. No apartment, small little car. The trunk is full of shoes, girl shoes, not men's shoes. The back seat is full of clothes, girl clothes, Two suits for the guy right here and one pair of shoes. Hallelujah. Amen. That was our life. So we're at a we're at a convenience store. We're at, we're at we're at, a, we're at a grocery store. And I don't even know remember why we're there, but we're shopping. And a woman walks up to us and she's like, she stops. And I'm like, uh-oh, we're about like something's about to go down. She's like, I got a word of prophecy for you. I was like, oh, here we go. I was like, the crazies have come out, and she's the mayor. Here we go. And so, like, she starts prophesying, and she's prophesying all kind of stuff. And, like, she's prophesying, like, it's sounding, like, pretty good. I'm like, whoa. And then, like, something comes out of her mouth, and I, like, I giggle. She's like, and by the end of the year, you're going to have a baby. She wasn't pointing at me. She's pointing at Heidi. She's like, at the end of the year, you're going to have a baby. And so I was like, oh, she missed it. She missed it. It's almost May. It's the end of April. Because I, I can do math in my head pretty good. I didn't use my fingers. But maybe I did. I don't remember. But it's like, um, okay, thank you very much, you know. <laughs> you know, crazy lady. <laughs> She's so crazy. She said we're going to have a baby. I think there's a song like that, right? Okay, anyways. And so uh, Heidi and I just kind of, we walk away and we're like, all right, that was a weird experience. Well, about a week and a half, two weeks later, Heidi's not feeling very good. So she takes a test, and she's pregnant, and she's been pregnant for a month and a half, and Josh is born December 21st of that year. And so time tells the truth. Does it happen? And so God sometimes sends you crazy, crazy people in the grocery store to tell you stuff. All right, okay, so does it come to pass? Now, Here's what I, like, I want to share. We're going to go through five reasons that people don't hear God's voice. And you may be one of these five. Maybe you're not. Maybe this isn't for you. Okay? But there's five reasons. There's more than five. I'm going to give you five reasons that I feel are pertinent just because of time. Number one, because people don't want to hear. Because you know that when he starts speaking, he's going to get up all in your business and you're not going to be behind the driver's seat anymore. This is what happens. People don't want to hear. Look at this verse, Luke 7 and 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread or drinking wine, and you say, 
he hath a devil. The Son of Man is coming, eating and drinking. You say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. So here's what Jesus is saying. He goes, Look, heaven sent you John. John is like a, a, you know, one of those ruffians out in the wilderness. He stinks. He's got honey all over his beard. He smells like wild locusts. I don't know what that looks like or can be, but I, it just doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like potpourri. I sent you the madman. I sent you energy. I sent you specific. I sent you someone out there saying, thus saith the Lord. I sent you somebody saying, repent and get right. You didn't listen. And I sent you, and we got Jesus here. He's sitting with sinners and publicans. He's got nice linen. He's got nice clothes. He's got Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Is that nice anymore? I don't even know. He's got a nice shirt on. He's like, sure, pass, pass the one. You know, John the Baptist, he's a Nazarite, so he doesn't drink wine. Jesus is drinking wine, eating with sinners and publicans. He's like, this is what Jesus is ultimately saying. No matter what I send you, you're not going to hear it anyways. I send you someone wild, bodacious, a little crazy out in the wilderness, you're not going to hear it. I put someone at your table, you're not going to hear it because you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it, and that's the bottom line. Many people just don't want to hear it. And this is what happens, even if it's John, the smelly man. My wife and I went to, uh, I call it Yosemite. It's also known as Yosemite, okay? And we went there. It was an amazing time, but we were eating our little pizza. Have you ever been there? Do you have a little pizza place? A little pizza place? That's like the redeeming factor. You're like, I just walked 20 miles. Give me four slices, you know? And you're and, and these guys come off the mountain. They've been out there for f- like, like four or five weeks, and when they come, there's a glory that's rolling through the place with them. And we all went, and we got up with our pizza very kindly and said, let's move over here. We moved over here, and it was still permeating. So who knows what John smelt like? Who knows what that looked like? But all we know is that's one extreme, and it didn't work. We know that Jesus is another extreme, and it didn't work because they didn't have the heart for it. They didn't want it. John 3, 19. Everybody here can quote John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Right? We, oh, we can sing it, talk about it. But you go three verses down, it says this, and judgment is based on this fact. This is the judgment. It's based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than light, for their actions were evil. They just love being evil. They love darkness. They just love the life. They don't want God to speak into their life and start messing stuff up. They don't want God to speak. So the number one reason you may have an issue hearing God because you don't want him to get involved in your world. Maybe you don't want him to speak. Number two, we're out of range. And you say, okay, God is everywhere. That doesn't make sense. Well, I'm going to explain how this works. Does anybody listen to 93.7? Nobody. K-J-Z-Y, smooth jazz? Come on, thank you. I'll call you when I'm on the road. Smooth jazz. Nobody knows that. That's like the best station in town. Sonoma County, smooth jazz, 93.7. Here's what happens. You start leaving Sonoma County, you start going to Marin, this little place called the Narrows, where you nearly lose your mind every time you travel on the Narrows, and you're on there, and all of a sudden you start losing your signal. It starts fading. But not only do you lose signal, you start you start getting signals from like the Bay Area. Like you get Latino. I love Latino. 
La Bamba, and you got La Bamba coming, you got talk radio, and now you've got like this cacophony of noise because you've moved out of range. And again, I get that you, we don't move out of range, God's everywhere. But here's the deal, there's something about our position. There's, a, there's something about the way we are positioned that positions us to hear. I want to be connected to the frequency. I want my life to be connected to the frequency. Watch this verse, 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 4. It says this, the boy Samuel, he's this little boy, eight years old, nine years old, before the Lord under, uh, before the Lord under Eli, in those days the word of the Lord was rare. God was barely speaking. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down. Look where Samuel is. In the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. He's close to precious things. He's close to things that are close to God's heart. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. God starts speaking because Samuel's gotten so close to the things that God loves. Hannah couldn't have, ch- uh, couldn't have children. And so because of her prayer, God grants her a child, Samuel. She dedicates Samuel back to the house of the Lord where she received her miracle. And while he's there, he's gotten close to the things of God. He's gotten close to the things that are important to God. Let me just tell you, when you get close to the things that are important to God, God starts speaking in your life. Can I tell you, small group hosts, all the hosts and leaders here, when you start getting involved in, in the work of God, the things of God, God is going to start speaking more and more. If you want more of God and more of him speaking in your life, you got to get closer to the things that God is passionate about. Get connected to the body of Christ. I'll, I'll tell you, sometimes I go on a mission trip, I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm turning my, my, my earbuds because I know God's going to speak. Because when you start leaning into things, all of a sudden start, God's like, okay, we're on mission here. And God starts speaking. I want to hear from God, so i got to get close to things that God is passionate about. Number three, very quickly, number three, we can't hear his voice. We don't hear his voice because we haven't obeyed the previous word that God gave us. Some of us are, God is still waiting on some of us to obey the previous word that God gave. He spoke, and God's still waiting for us to respond to that word. This is what happened with Saul. Saul disobeyed God, and when he started disobeying, God stopped speaking. Saul was a wicked king, a rebellious king. God says, I don't want, after you fight the Amalekites, don't take their stuff, don't pillage, don't take their iPods, don't take their sheep, don't take all that stuff. And he took it anyways. He disobeyed the word of God. God goes, okay, if you're not going to obey what I say, I'm not talking. And look where he resorted to. 1 Samuel 28 and 6, he asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams, sacred lots, or by the prophets. God stopped talking. Can I tell you this? This is important. The more you obey God's word, even if it's the small things, even if it's those little impressions, even if it's a still small voice, the more you obey, God starts turning up the volume. But when you stop obeying, he starts turning down the volume. Down, 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 down. Give God permission to speak by obeying what he Says, can I, can I just tell you this, that God wants to do amazing things in your life. 
And you can't do those things on your own. They're impossible. But one word from God can change everything in your world. Obey him. Obedience turns the volume up. Let, let, let's think about John the Baptist. I, I love this story. John the Baptist. Anybody like, like love the story of Jesus getting baptized? By the way, if you're here and you've never been baptized, like the best reason to be baptized is because Jesus did it. Like, don't wear the what would Jesus do wristband if you're not going to get baptized. Like, Jesus got baptized, you know. And, and John the Baptist is like, no, no, no. You baptize me. I mean, Jesus gets in the water, and John's like, what? You baptize me. And then, and then Jesus is like, no, you baptize me. And like, no, you baptize me. You baptize me. No, you baptize me. It's like this standoff. Like, like here they are. You baptize. It's like two teenagers going, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, 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 you hang up. And they're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, it's like, Jesus is like, I have to fulfill righteousness, dude. Baptize me. And when, you know, John has been wrestling with Jesus in this simple instruction, but look what happened as soon as he obeyed. As soon as he did as Jesus asked, he baptizes Jesus when he comes up out of the water. The heavens open. God speaks. You may be one simple response, one simple obedience from heaven for heaven opening up over you and you getting a word from heaven. God's speaking into your situation. God opened the door. God's setting everything in motion. You may be one simple step, one little bit of obedience that could change your life forever. This is where John is going. No, no, you do me. No, you, you baptize me. No, 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 seriously, dude. You, and there we are. Stand up. And some of you are doing the same thing right now with God. Going, yeah, I'll do it later. No, no, you, you, know, you, know, you take care. You, you fix my issues. No, God's like, no, you, you need to create some action. And when you create that action and you obey, man, I'm telling you, your life will be changed forever and ever. Number four, moving quickly. God does not speak into unsanctified areas. Say, what does that mean? You cannot just pray. I'm going to give you an example. You cannot just pray, Lord, give me a rich, handsome, godly, tall, did I mention rich, husband. And then you're at the club on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you expect God to, like, answer that prayer. You haven't sanctified that area of your life. You haven't trusted him in that area of your life. Why would God speak into an area that you haven't trusted him and allowed him to reign and be Lord over? He's not going to do it. Now, I was in Bible college, and, and Bible college and seminary is kind of like, it's like the dating game, okay? People, like, there's people who literally go there just to get married. I'm going to get married. I went, and I was like, okay, I got I to gotta find Jesus. I got to find Jesus. And so after a year, like, the Lord put it on my heart and said, you know, give me everything, and I'll give you everything. And I said, that's a deal. So for two and a half years, I said, Lord, I'm not dating. I'm not going to focus on it, I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to talk about it. It's not like some vow. I'm going to write a book and talk about it and tell people. I'm just going to, like, give this area of my life to you. It's yours, and I'm giving it to you for two and a half years. And I focused my heart and focused my life in the Word of God. Well, Bible college is almost over. It's like two weeks left, and there I am. I don't know what I'm going to do because what do you do? You have, a, you have a, a degree in theology, and if ministry doesn't work out, 
Like, the only thing I know how to do is baptize people. So I'll be cleaning toilets. I know how to work with water. Like, I'll be cleaning toilets. That's it. And so I'm like, okay, God, here I am. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm on this fast, and I'm praying, and, and it's a Sunday night service, and I, and, I, and I stay over, and I'm the last one to leave. I'm up at the altar. Everyone's gone. I'm up there for like an hour, and I'm just praying, and I'm pacing, and I'm kneeling. I'm crying. I'm like, God, I've given you my life. I've given you everything. I'm not even thinking about the day thing. I'm just thinking, God, my ministry and, and what you've called me, I know the things that you've put inside of me, and I've given this to you. And I'm crying, and finally I just resolve, okay, I'm going to trust you. Well, I'm walking down the aisle. I'm leaving. The church is massive. It's 2,000 people, I'm, uh, you know, a lot of seats, and I'm walking in the back, and there's a, there's a lady back there waiting for me to finish praying. She's a prayer warrior at our church, and she's been waiting the whole time. I didn't even know she was there, and when I get to the back, she goes, hey, I have a word for you. Thus saith the Lord, and she began to prophesy. I didn't even realize it. She didn't know my prayers, and she began to prophesy, and she says, the Lord showed me your ministry, and I don't know why God uses food a lot, but that's how he did it. He's like, it's like a giant bottle of soda, and it's been shaken. He said, but God's about to turn the top, and it's about to explode. It's about to, God's going to bring it out, what God's put inside of you. And I, I was like, ah. and he, she said, but this is the interesting part. I, the Lord showed me underneath the cap was a prize for a commitment that you made to him. And I was like, and all of a sudden the Lord said, you gave me your love life. You gave me dating. There's a prize. Two weeks later, I find myself in this weird town called Mountain View, California. <laughs> and I meet this gal named Heidi Granquist. And all I'm telling you, God accelerated and God put all this amazing thing together. But he was able to work in an area that was sanctified because I gave it to him. I trusted him in that area. If you don't give God those areas, don't count on him coming in with, the, with the, the wings of the eagle. You'll be at the bar listening to the eagles. Okay. Psalms 37 and 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Number five, and I'm closing. You got to be careful not to shut out the voices that God sends into your life. I'm going to tell you a quick story about a guy named Herod. He's the king of Israel in the days of Jesus. God sent a man by the name of John the Baptist who became the conscience for Israel. He began to stir Israel's conscience and say, get right with God. We read the scripture. It was one of two prophecies where God said, I'm going to send a voice. I'm going to send a voice into the land. I'm going to stir everybody up. I'm going to get everybody ready because when the Lord walks into the room, you have to be ready to receive his word. So I'm sending a voice. There was a man named Herod, the king. And this man was an unrighteous man. He didn't love the Lord and he didn't love the law of the Lord. And he was in, invested in a bad relationship with his brother's wife. And John the Baptist is so bodacious. He's like, that's not right. That's not right. He's preaching. And finally, like, they're all like, we got to stop this. And ultimately, Herod cuts the head of John the Baptist off. In fact, we have this picture Bible. And it's the funniest thing because it's all my kids' favorite story because there's a, literally a platter with a head on it. Like, read us the story about John the Baptist in his head. And they just, 
They're deprived, I guess. <laughs> so Herod shuts the voice of God down. Shuts that voice down. And Herod has not met Jesus. Herod has not had an audience with Jesus. Jesus says that fox, calls him a fox. But finally, Jesus is taken into the hands of Pilate. And Pilate says, I don't want to deal with this guy. Send him to Herod. And this is the story. I'm going to read it to you. Luke 23, and I'm closing. And when Herod saw Jesus, Jesus comes to the courts. There's Herod in his palace. He was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season. Because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracles done by him. Do some tricks, Jesus. Do something cool and prove who you are. Then he questioned him with many words. But watch this. But he answered him nothing. Jesus did not say a word. Because when you shut out the voices that God sends into your life, heaven becomes quiet. Maybe you've shut out some voices. Maybe you've shut out some voices of leadership in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life. These are the voices that God sends to shape and direct and lead. And when you start muting those and you start putting those on mute, and then one day you cry and say, do something, Lord. Show me something. And you go, see, heaven doesn't speak. Maybe you've pushed the mute button too many times and too many voices that God has sent into your world. Would you stand with me? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to actually open these altars, this, this front. And if you're here today and, and you really have a desire, I want to hear God's voice. I haven't heard his voice in a long time. I haven't heard God speak. I want to open these altars to you. You can just step out of your seat right now, step out into the aisle, come down, and take a moment with us as we sing. And I want you to give permission. We're going to give permission today and say, Lord, I'm giving you permission to speak. Thank you for responding. Thank you for coming forward. Thank you for opening your heart.